The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Opening week continues to take its toll on poor Dan's voice, but we power along as best we can, and somehow we'll come out the other side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to opening day. Did I blow your ears out with that one? I apologize. It's opening day. I'll lean back from the microphone. Opening day 2019-2020 is upon us. I'm so excited, and I have no voice by which to express it. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop-ball.com presentation. Hoopball is the website, at Fantasy on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter, or just search for Dan from Hoopball. We have an incredible opening day show for all of you guys today, and I'm not even going to tell you about all of the things going on at Hoopball because I just want to get the damn show started so bad. Every once in a while, you throw your net out into the ocean, and you you catch a whale. I don't know how fishing works, if that wasn't immediately evident. But Dr. A is on the podcast, and I don't know why this is happening. I just feel grateful. Steve, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm hanging in there. You and I are both fighting something right now, but I think we can make it through, right? Well, if we don't... Uh... We can always edit us hacking up lungs out of, <laughs> out of the podcast. That is the best. That's the best audio I could possibly think of. Uh, Steve, of course, is the great Dr. A at Doc with a K, D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A on Twitter. You are the senior NBA editor at Roto World. You've been doing fantasy basketball for 125 years now. How close uh, am I? Something like that. <laughs> I've got a draft. I've got a draft um, coming up that. We've been doing since 1991. So. Mm. I don't. I I don't think I should reveal how old I was in 1991. Uh, no, but it, it's okay. It wasn't. It wasn't old enough to do fantasy basketball. Well, I don't know. Can eight-year-olds play fantasy basketball? Probably. Yeah. 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 All right. So I Hamlet, Hamlet and I playing leagues with our with our with our sons who are little dudes. That so, sounds yeah. amazing. How awesome is that? When they hit an age where you can actually do the things that you want to do with them. Dude, that what like when 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 my first son was really young, I was like, man, I can't wait for the day I can like go out and play catch with this kid, like he's like he's my brother, you know, and, and <laughs> right. have like a real athlete living in my house that I can play with. Although the first kid uh, did not enjoy sports, but the, the little <laughs> one I got now that's actually screaming at Fortnite as we record this, you'll probably hear him in the background. <laughs> Uh, he will go out and fire a baseball at my head, so that's it's pretty fun. That sounds amazing. I uh, I can't wait. Mine is almost three. He's sort of doing some of that stuff, but not in a truly meaningful way. So I'm pretty excited for that uh, that corner to turn there. Um, but we'll talk some fantasy stuff here because that's uh, that's officially why I brought you on the podcast. Um, draft season is over. It's opening night. The show is airing on opening night. Uh, is it okay? I'm not even gonna get into the fantasy stuff yet. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you don't. I feel like even though this is probably the shortest in actual time offseason in NBA history with all the things that happened, it still feels almost like the longest one for me. Is it just too much excitement? Can I not handle it? Or did you feel the same way? <laughs> uh, well, I don't, I don't know, man. It seems like in this day and age of 24-7, you know, Twitter and everything else, it there is no offseason. And, and the NBA seems to be really good at keeping drama and stuff going on, even when there are no games. So it's, it's to me, it's always um, like, it doesn't matter how short the off season is. It doesn't, doesn't feel like it was short. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. There's too many damn things going on. I'm just too excited. I'm too excited. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to reel myself in a little bit here. Um, okay. So draft season is done. How did it go for you? That's my big overarching question. How are Doc's teams looking? Well, that's the thing, dude. We don't know. We <laughs> won't know until about two months from now uh, when we see how all this all this pans out. Of course, I think most of us, as soon as we draft a team, if you got guys that you wanted to get, you, you're all fired up and you, you love your team. Uh, that's why the best day 
of fantasy season basically is draft day because everything after that's usually a little bit downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I picked I picked between eight and ten in most of my drafts, and I tell you what, time and time again, I went Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Um, I am going to live or die with those two uh, <laughs> guys, rookies last year, you know. Um, and last year I was kind of down on Trey and I was all about Luca. This year I, I'm, I'm equally high on both of them. I think once, um, like if I pick eight and Lillard was gone, then I went Trey. But if Lillard was there, I would take Lillard. Um, but, you know, I put a lot of eggs in the Trey and Luca basket. I drafted a lot of Karis LeVert. Um, who I love. I have John Morant more than I thought I would. I've got quite a few shares of Jaron Jackson Jr., some Kelly Oubre, all guys that Roto World's pretty high on, and and I am too. So right now, I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) I was going to say, so did you get those guys was going to be my follow-up, and it sounds like you did. I, I feel like, and I do this every year, so some years it works out and some years it doesn't, but I feel like I always am reaching about around ahead of when I should be taking guys. But when I do that, I usually get all the guys I wanted. So, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That actually leads to a kind of an interesting question because I I tend to be more frightened on draft day. I'm more the guy that's like, well, I'm just going to sit back and see what falls into my lap. How... Sort of. How did we get to the point, at least on your side? I will admit, when draft day comes around, I tend to get imbued with the power of a little bit more risk than what I'm talking about it beforehand. But how did you get to that point where you were like, you know what, I'm just going to take my guys, you know, round be damned. I want to get the guys I want. You know, I think, you know, I've had that league going since 1991. I've been doing this for a living since like 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. So it's it's been a long time. Uh, now, the first, you know, eight to 10 years that I was a fantasy sports writer and I was in some expert leagues with Matthew Barry and Rick Camlin, guys I was scared to death of at the time. Um, <laughs> I was super careful. I, I, I would never reach um, for guys I was really high on. And I, I just played by the book. But at some point when this just becomes a job, like, you know, like anything else, it's a job, and I, I want to have fun while I'm doing my job. And, you know, 10 years ago, I was just like, I'm just going to go get my guys, and I don't really care. <laughs> so so that's sort of what I do now. I, I hope that the guys that I like are going to have good seasons, and then I just go out and get them. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I've took Karis LeVert in the f- as high as the fifth round, Um I got him in the sixth round last night. Uh, you know, I don't see how Karis LeVert can fail as long as Kevin Durant is sitting over there in street clothes. Yeah, so, and I don't think he's playing. He shouldn't play. No, he's not going to. No. So I think Karis is going to be huge, and, I, and I, I would hate to, you know, take a guy that I wasn't very high on, but the, the book told me to take, uh, and then have somebody snipe me on the guy I really wanted the next round. So I just I just get my guys. Were there any guys that you ended up with that you kind of regretted after the fact? For me, I ended up with Julius Randle in one league and I looked at it and I was like, "What? How did this how did this even happen?" I drafted uh the other night and Julius Randle actually went at the end of round 2 Whoa. in a in a 10 man league. At 20? What are the- my man, my man, Brian Rosenworcel, the, the drummer for Guster, took <laughs> Julius Randle, took Julius Randle at 20. And I'll tell you what, man, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Brian. I know Brian very well. He's a smart dude. And he lives in New York, and he, he plays in a lot of fancy basketball leagues. He He's written guest columns for me at Roto World sure. and whatnot. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing, but I was, I was kind of shocked that Julius Randle is going in the second round. There's a lot of hype out there about him so i feel you on that one uh the 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 one big regret that i have uh i drafted in it you may have heard of this a 30 team league yes indeed (laughs) 30 deep (laughs) i had picked 29 in that by the way yeah i had the 16th pick gross i think luca went 14 13 oh that must have crushed your spirits luca went 13 that's like the one league i don't have luca in and then uh, Trey went 15th, 
And then it was my pick, and I was like, you know what? Zion is balling out. He's so fun to watch on the highlights, TV, everything else. I'm taking Zion Williamson. We're going. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And then uh, literally about two hours later, I get a note from Ryan Canals at Roto World. He's like, uh, dude, did you see the news on Zion that just hit? I was like, no. Oh. That was the whole, he's going to miss a, a few weeks with a with a knee injury. So obviously my 30, my 30 team is in trouble. Uh, yeah, that's a, oh, man, that's a tough league to handle an injury in because you're replacing a guy with someone who's probably ranked like 250. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a... That's rough, but you couldn't have known that. I mean, you couldn't like you couldn't really blame yourself. You took a guy, and then news broke after the fact. Yeah, and I, I, it's funny. I was I was out I was out playing golden tee with some of my boys, and I was texting with Brewski, and I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I need a power forward." It's I missed my pick, and it auto picked me somebody. I don't even remember who it auto picked me, but yeah, we're down there in like two fifty range, and I go, "I just need a power forward," and he's telling me who's out there, and I mean, it's just. It's so brutal, and I was like, "Well, I guess that's my Zion replacement. Some some guy. Some, I don't even. I don't know guy. who it was. Some guy I've never even really heard of. Yeah, uh, that's let's go uh, ahead and plug him in. Ah, uh, that is that's a rough one, man. You really got to You really need a pick inside about the top eight to be truly competitive. Or you needed like with yours, if Zion had just gone totally nuts, you you'd have to take those swings in thirty deep, or you don't have a chance." And the year I won 30 deep was 2011. That was the year that Jeremy Lin got picked up by the Knicks and went crazy. Oh, and I, picked him up, I picked him up off waivers like four days before that happened, just on a whim. And I uh, ended up keeping him. And he, he actually won the whole league for me because I got a, you know, basically a a real a regular fantasy league third round, fourth round talent you know, for nothing in 30 deep. And that was enough to, to win me the league, which is, yeah. And which in 30 deep is effectively like a first or second round pick. That's a huge deal. Uh, okay. So here's the, here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Cause today is opening night, obviously excitement abounds, but that excitement can also lead to some issues from a fantasy perspective, because at the end of tonight, at the end of tomorrow, most of the players in the NBA are going to have a grand total of one game under their belt and we are all going to be trying to make critical decisions after two days. So, <laughs> Doc, what can we tell the listeners on how to handle the first couple days or even the first couple weeks of the NBA season when it comes to their fantasy team? You know, there's no, there's no easy answer here. I think, you know, in football, it's critical that you get those, those hot free agents after week one or week two, because after that, they're, you know, especially a running back, some running back comes out of nowhere and, and goes off. And in one of those early weeks, you have to go try to get him uh, because there just aren't running backs sitting out there on the waiver wire. A lot of these basketball leagues, there's tons of talent sitting out there. I know that 10 team league I was talking about. Um, I was looking at that waiver wire. It's so loaded with good players that it's going to be really tough to decide whether you should, um, you know, cut Justice Winslow to pick up Jalen Brown. You know, I mean, who knows if that's a good idea or not. I am I try to take these first couple days with a grain of salt now. I think the first couple days, what, what I tend to do is just hope that my guys play well and make me feel good about my decisions. You know, <laughs> like Shane Gilgis-Alexander, for instance— you know, I, I've got him in a lot of leagues, too, and a lot of people are expecting huge things from SGA. You know, if he comes out and lays an egg for the first two games of the year, I'm not going to automatically cut him, but I'm not going to feel nearly as good as I did when I drafted him. Um, so for the first couple of days, I think the only guys I'm going to think about cutting are going to be like my last three picks right? in, in most of my drafts. I'm not going to mess with with somebody I invested a middle round pick in just because he, he had a bad game or two. Are you looking at stats minutes or kind of a combination of both for guys in these first few games? I'd say combination of both. I mean, the minutes hinge on foul trouble. A lot of times uh, they, they depend on the score of the game a lot of times. Uh, so, and, and it's impossible to watch all the games. Although I think tonight there's only, there's only a, a couple games, right? Yeah, I think so just two. We, 
yeah, so so we should be able to watch both of those and, and get a feel for those two. But um, generally, you're not going to be able to watch the whole game, and you just kind of got to go with your gut. But I, I try, especially in basketball, I try not to panic after a couple games. By the way, I hate to do this to you, but literally while we're recording this podcast, uh, we got a Woj bomb on Zion, and I, I feel remiss if I didn't put it out on the show. Uh, <laughs> It's a torn meniscus, by the way, is the the official word on that. So he's expected to miss about a month and a half. Oh, sweet. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's that is uh, well, you know, when when it, when when it all came down, I was like, eh, my my thirty deep chances are probably down the toilet. So I'm really not that upset about it. The nice thing is about. Uh, this job I have is I've got like 20 other teams to worry about. So I'll just forget about that one for now. <laughs> yeah, the 30 Deep doesn't have any money on it anyway. No money. It's it's all for fun. That's Com- right. Love of the game. That's right. Turn to one of the money leagues and go win that one. Easy. Easy let's solution. See, let's see who I'm going to start instead of... I just pulled that league up. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is... <laughs> Boogie Jang is is my guy. Yikes. That is is my new Zion. So I feel like people really need to, everyone listening, go find a league. Join a 24 or more team league just so you can experience this. When you lose a first or a second round pick in 30 deep and you're like, all right, well, who can I replace them with? And it's Gorgie Jang. And that's that moment where you're like, well, I'm screwed. (laughs) <laughs> and I also picked up uh, Patrick Patterson, just as insurance. Yes, Gorgie insurance. <laughs> In case Gorgie gets hurt, you got two Pat ready to roll. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Um, I I hope you don't think I'm laughing at your misfortune. That is just a funny series of names. To oh, dude, it's it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Um. So uh, what about newer fantasy players? Because I'm sure people are kind of tuning in. This is the time of the year where folks find a podcast when they're just kind of like, all right, I got to figure this thing out. Um, who are guys that you're... This is a tough question because it's pretty damn open-ended, and I, and I would understand if there weren't kind of guys at the, at, at the forefront. But, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, as teams get their first games underway, usually I'm trying to figure out who are these fringy guys that I'm kind of watching for. Are there any teams that you've got your eye on just to sort of see how their minutes shake out? You know, a guy I took in the, the Roto World Live draft that we did the video for at NBC Sports uh, about a month ago, I took DeLon Wright, and I was all fired up about DeLon Wright, and then his preseason was terrible. Um, I don't think he got drafted in that 10-team league I was in. Hmm. Um, he might be available in some 12 team leagues, possibly, I'm not sure, but you know, that's a guy with so much fantasy friendly talent. You know, he's, he gets steals, blocks, assists, threes. He, he's, he can score. He's, he's a good defensive player. Like all the tools are there for him to be a fantasy monster. He just didn't perform in the preseason. So, you know, that's a guy where, if he goes off in game one, I'll make a move. Mm, I uh, love it. If it's if it's somebody that isn't really on the radar that what we weren't, really weren't expecting much from, like say Dylan Brooks scores thirty six points on opening <laughs> night, I'm not. I'm probably not going to cut somebody uh, that I like to pick him up. Now, right. If you know, if I'm I've got Al- Alfonso McKinney sitting on a roster who got cut by the Warriors, super deep <laughs> deep league. I just haven't made a move yet, but. You know, I cut him to go get to go get anybody who who goes off on opening night. But you know, it, it depends on who it is and what they do. Yeah, you really kind of have to look at you co- sort of compare the pedigree of guys to what you see on opening night and and weigh the two things. I I feel like we just have to preach patience a little bit, right? That's the that's the thing. Uh, patience, unless somebody who you know we didn't think was going to. Yeah, and they need the minutes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying because sometimes there's that guy where you're like, "Well, I didn't expect this guy this guy to play 29 minutes." That feels a little more real than like somebody got in and scored 20 in in 14 minutes of garbage time, which doesn't feel repeatable. Yeah, and you know everybody's so high on Mitchell Robinson and and uh, the guy you mentioned earlier, Julius Randall, but. You know, what if Bobby Portis comes out for the Knicks on opening night and scores 27 points and hits four threes? Uh, that's going to turn my head and that's going to get my attention. And if I've got somebody who I don't necessarily love at the bottom of my bench, 
I'll go cut him and pick up Bobby Portis and see see what happens. But I also know doing that that I'm probably going to be cutting Bobby Portis in about three days. So. <laughs> yeah, he might, might last a week until he socks somebody at the face. Uh, <laughs> Doc, what do we got going on over at Roto World? That you've got the floor here. Promo something. Well, the draft guide is there. It's a little late for that though, probably with um, today being opening day. But the season pass, the NBA season pass, is there. Tons of tools, tons of articles. We do uh, pickups of the day every night after the games. Um, we all kinds of cool stuff going on there. I turned over the waiver wired column reins to Jonas Nader this yes. year. It's the first time since like 2001 or something. I'm not doing the waiver wired column. Wow. Uh, Jonas really wanted to do it. I was ready to try something different. So I'm going to be doing a. A buy low, sell high thing this year, column. Ah, and uh, Jonas is doing the waiver wire. I think the waiver wire comes out on Sundays and tells you who to pick up for the week. So that is key, especially if you're new to fantasy basketball. That waiver wire column is going to be probably going to be your favorite thing mm-hmm. uh, that you see all week. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, geez, I've been I've been reading yours for almost a couple of decades now, and. Actually, I think I'm probably talking to Jonas later tonight with uh, with Bogman on the Real Big Three, so I'll give him a congratulatory pat on the back on that show. Oh, yeah, so he, he's, he's excited about it. Ah, love that dude. Jonas is a good kid and a tired one right now with a couple, with a couple of youngsters. Uh, Doc, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you carving out time on opening night for us. Yeah, man, it was fun. I, 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 uh, anytime. I will be bothering you. You have my word. He is at Dr. A, D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A on Twitter. The great Steve Alexander. Thanks again, my man. Let's go, Gorgie Jane. (laughs) That is the single best ending of a podcast hit that I can ever remember. Let's go, Gorgie Jane. I almost feel like I I, would just do a 21-minute show and call it after that. We've got nowhere to go but down. From talking to the legend himself, the great Steve Alexander. Hopefully we'll get him back on the show here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we can start breaking down some stuff that's going on during the regular season. Okay, a few things that need to be covered. I wanted to just dive straight into the goodies on today's podcast. But there are some logistical things we got to go over. Number one, it's the start of the regular season now. Which means the format of the show is going to be a little bit different. Number one... We are, we're still going to do as much broad topic stuff as humanly possible. I think that's how we best learn how to build our fantasy rosters and how to compete over the course of an entire season. But we now actually have games to talk about. Those of you that listened in previous seasons, you kind of know how this whole thing works. Those of you that are new to Fantasy NBA today, I think it's important to go over it for all of us. Today, for instance, there are two games tonight. We are going to take a look in advance at those games. And now, I'll, I'll reckon, I'll give you this. As the season progresses, we'll spend less and less time talking about the games that are about to happen that coming evening. But particularly now, at the very beginning of the season, this is one of, if not the most critical time to prepare yourself for what you're about to be watching. New Orleans and Toronto is the early game tonight. Lakers and Clippers, doesn't matter. Clippers are the home team, but again, doesn't matter. Is the second game, both of them on TNT. These are nationally televised games, so you don't need any kind of specialty package, which actually gives us the perfect opportunity to talk about how to watch these games for fantasy information. Don't just sit back in your chair and enjoy. I mean, do sit back in your chair and enjoy, but don't just sit back in your chair and enjoy. We have other things we want to accomplish with these games. Let's do this. Let's actually break these games down for tonight so that you kind of understand what I'm talking about when we're getting into this stuff. Before we even get into these games tonight, I want to remind all you guys that the HoopBall newsletter with exclusive content from the great Aaron Bruski is available now. The first episode will be dropping any day now. Any day now. And you don't want to miss it. And when I say episode, I mean newsletter. I just talk like a podcaster and 
not like a writer. The Hoopball newsletter will have content from Aaron that you cannot find anywhere else on the internet. The only place it's available is through the newsletter coming straight to your inbox. There's a bunch of easy ways to do it. Go to hoop-ball.com slash newsletter, hoop-ball.com slash newsletter, or follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or follow at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter, and we'll be tweeting out links to the sign-up form. The sign-up form is so freaking easy. It's basically just a quick opt-in. You type your email address and your first name, and if you want, you can put your last name. You don't even have to. You can put a last initial. You can make up a last name. We don't care. Get on the email list. Get that stuff from Brew. It's going to be amazing. You're going to want it. First one, again, is dropping within the week. You have a few days to get on this thing before you're going to miss the first Brewski newsletter. You're not going to want to ask your friends to forward it to you. Just get on the damn email list. Okay. Here's how we break down the games when you're watching them for fantasy information. New Orleans-Toronto tonight. One, you want to know the rosters of the two teams involved in this ballgame, which admittedly, I mean, New Orleans in particular, is a very new roster, season over season. The Anthony Davis trade, uh, the Derek Favors situation, the Zion injury now. We may have prepared ourselves for a particular roster, but suddenly it's going to look very different. We are watching these games to find out who's going to play. And I mentioned that briefly during the interview with uh, Dr. A. For me, obviously, you know, there's the whole small sample size thing going on here at the beginning of the season. But more than anything else, I want to know who's on the floor and for how long. How many minutes is Brandon Ingram going to play? How many minutes is Lonzo Ball going to play? How many minutes is Derek Favors going to play? J.J. Redick, does Nick Alexander-Walker see the floor? We know he has some upside, but is he ready? It's the real season now. Is Josh Hart going to play? Does Darius Miller, Kenrick Williams, Etwan Moore, are these guys going to play? But that's too many names. You can't watch everybody, right? The game's happening in real time. First thing you do, look at a team's roster and find out which of those guys are rostered in your fantasy leagues. With the Pelicans, I would venture to say Zion, Drew Holiday are definitely rostered. Lonzo Ball is almost definitely rostered. High probability, yes. J.J. Redick, probably. And that, well, Derek Favors is also probably yes. Beyond that, a lot of question marks. Moore, maybe. Ingram, probably, because there's a lot of name buzz, but from a fantasy standpoint, he actually hasn't been that good. Josh Hart, probably not. Williams, probably not. Walker, maybe. Jackson Hayes, maybe. So there's all these names that are kind of maybes right now. The next thing you want to do is watch who's playing and when and for how long. What's the starting lineup? With no Zion, I think it does make it a little bit easier on this team. They were going to have to figure out which of Lonzo or J.J. Redick was going to be coming off the bench. Now they might all get to start. You might see Brandon Ingram start at power forward for this team. Or maybe not. Maybe they don't change the backcourt rotations all that much. Maybe they insert, uh, say, Kendrick Williams. Or Kenny Hustle. Maybe he gets the start. Does Derek Favors see extra playing time with Zion Williamson out? These are all things we should be watching as the game is happening. Are there going to be pickups or drops on this team by halftime? No, I don't think so. I don't think we can learn enough in a first half. There will be times during this regular season that I say, I'm watching this game, and if X player does Y thing, I'm going to pick him up at halftime. And that's when you know we're really watching something close. With this particular team, with New Orleans, there's a lot of question marks circling them, but I don't know that anything's going to be fully answered in the first half of opening night because they are going to have to piecemeal things together a little bit with Zion Williamson out for six to eight weeks. That's a long time to miss your feature guy, or one of your two at least. So let's see how many minutes all these guys play. Let's reassess at halftime. Hey, how many minutes did Lonzo Ball play in the first half? Was it 13? Was it 16? It's really different, by the way, 
if he's on his way to 26 minutes or 32 minutes. What about Brandon Ingram? Did he play 13 or 16 first half minutes or something in between or higher or lower? I'm not worried about Drew Holiday. He's going to play his, you know, probably 16, 17 first half minutes or whatever it happens to be. I think Derek Favors is a really interesting case study. He's probably going to start. Does he get back into the game in the second quarter? I hope so. Maybe he plays the first seven minutes. Then plays five in the second quarter or six in the second quarter. I'd be pretty satisfied if he got 13 first half minutes. 14 or 15 would be a massive bonus. The reason I bring this up, and, you know, same deal for J.J. Redick. You get, you get sort of what I'm going for here. The reason I bring this up is that you can delineate some answers from just a first half of action. Not precisely what somebody's going to average. They might have a really hot first half. They might have a really slow one. By the way, probably going to be a little clunky. This team doesn't have a ton of shooting beyond J.J. Redick. You can say what you want. Just, I mean, they took on a Lakers team that can't shoot. So they have that problem now, for better or worse. So shooting's going to be a little tough. They're going to be trying to get to the rim early, I would venture to guess. And Toronto's a pretty good defensive team, provided they care. And I think they will. But what we are able to pull away from the first half of a game, and I know we're really getting into the weeds here, but this is super important to me, so stick with me on this. This is how you win your regular season during the fantasy league, during the fantasy full season. Be on top of the stories before everybody else. Don't wait until the end of the game to analyze the box score. Do it at halftime. This is really important to me. I think this is where I have a massive leg up on a lot of my competition. League pass, get it, use it, watch as many games as you can on most nights. Now, again, tonight you got two games on national TV. Look at what's happening at halftime. Watch the game to understand how it got there. If someone off the bench that you didn't expect played 14 minutes, was there foul trouble? You know, did Derek Favors pick up two fouls in the first three minutes and they just decided not to put him back in the ballgame? These are the things you need to know about. You can't, he might only still have two fouls if he didn't get back into the game, but you got to know when they happened. These are all important storylines in analyzing a halftime box score. If you get to halftime, now the perfect world for us is no weird stuff. No foul trouble, no injuries, no irritable bowel syndrome for any of these guys. They play the minutes that Alvin Gentry wanted them to play in the first half. If that's the case, and the only way we can know that's the case is by watching the damn game live. So watch the damn game live. His first is advice numero uno on this one. And then look at what we learned. Let's hypothetically say that we watched the first half of this game live. There was no foul trouble to speak of. Everything rotations-wise went the way that New Orleans had plotted it out coming into the ball game. And Lonzo Ball played 14 minutes, and Brandon Ingram played 15 minutes, and Drew Holiday played 17 minutes, and Derek Favors played 14 minutes, and J.J. Redick played 14 minutes. And we got to that point, and we thought, what did we just learn? Number one, we learned that Lonzo Ball is going to be playing enough minutes to be fantasy relevant. You learn that just from a half of basketball. I don't care that it's small sample size. We want to know who Alvin Gentry wants to have on the floor and for how long. Not what they're going to do with it, because we know the fantasy profile of these guys. There's no one on this team, besides Zion, really, that we're saying, well, and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well, but we didn't even get to that. Of the guys though, I just mentioned, the five main dudes, we know what their fantasy profiles are. Brandon Ingram, points, rebounds, some assists, and very little else. Lonzo Ball, uh, rebounds, assists, defensive stats. Drew Holiday, yeah, I mean, he's locked in. We don't have to worry about him. Derek Favors, uh, field goal percent, defensive stats, and rebounds. Not a great free throw percent. J.J. Redick, points and threes on good percentages. We know what they can do if the minutes are there. I'm not making any large adjustments to these guys per 36s from last year to this year. 
So if you see how many minutes they're playing at halftime, you could legitimately send off trade offers based on just a half of basketball. My favorite trade offer to make is if we see, hypothetically, let's say Derek Favors plays 14 first half minutes in this game and puts up four points, four rebounds, and a steal. A lot of people look at that and say, that's a cruddy first half. He's on his way to averaging eight and eight. Yuck. But the wise man saith, this dude just played 14 minutes in a high-octane offense that's getting shut down by the Toronto Raptors on opening night because they're disjointed and confused and playing a good defensive team. I would buy the hell out of Derek Favors in that moment. And sure, people in your league probably aren't checking to see who's sending them trade offers at halftime of game one. So maybe you even leave it up there. What if he ends up playing 27 minutes and goes for 8-8? Eight and eight? That is actually a really encouraging thing for me to see. The minutes, not necessarily the actual results, because the results will average out. We know what Derek Favors will do if he plays 24 or more minutes, and you can scale it up pretty easily. So if he's on his way to 27 minutes, you got yourself a really good fantasy player. If he's on his way to 22 minutes, eh, less exciting. That's a big five-minute difference. And that's how you watch a a basketball game with plans for your fantasy team. Everything matters. Be prepared. Be ready to make your moves in advance, whether it's buy low offers, whether it's free agent pickups, whatever. Be ready. By the way, speaking of being ready, before we talk about the Toronto Raptors on this same game, wanted to mention, guys, that the box score breakdown is back. More free goodness from our buddies over at HoopBall. The box score breakdown, for those of you uninitiated, is a show that comes out at HoopBall as the games are ending. It's released, like our DFS show, actually, the night before. So tonight, for instance, we have two games on the slate. We've already talked about part of them, a quarter of them, effectively. When those games are over, a box score breakdown podcast is released, usually within a half an hour of the end of the ball games detailing what happened that night from a strict box score assessment. These guys are going to watch as much of the games as humanly possible, but they're going to scour the box score for interesting fantasy lines, interesting stories, etc. It's a wonderful pairing with this podcast, which is going to prep you for the games at the end of the night. We're also going to be doing plenty of review on this show of the games from the previous night as well, but we're going to have more bigger picture stuff. What time of the year is it? How do you assess trades? Uh, This is the broad topic interview portion of the proceedings. And the box score breakdown is we're going to hammer the numbers. We're going to hammer them right as the games are ending. So definitely go find that podcast. Again, it's called the box score breakdown. And it's going to be hosted by uh, a lot of our pros, actually. A lot of our different analysts at HoopBall. Kind of a rotating cast that will have some familiar names and a couple of new ones that you guys will really enjoy. Okay, so what about the Toronto Raptors side of this same game? And I know we're spending a lot of time on this right now, but I, I, you know, we're not going to spend this much time on the upcoming games on every show, but I really wanted you guys to understand how we look at what's coming up ahead of us, in front of us on the evening. The Raptors, what are the question marks around this team, and who's rostered in your league? Well, uh, safe to say that Kyle Lowry is rostered in your league, Safe to say that Pascal Siakam is rostered in your league. And then you get into the percentage rostered stuff, uh, where Marc Gasol probably rostered in your league. Freddie Van Fleet probably rostered in your league. Same with Serge Ibaka. Uh, And then you move one tier farther down, and it's, you know, OG Ananobi maybe rostered in your league, depending on how deep your league is. And, uh... Well, they're just not as deep as they were in the past, but Norman Powell is also probably on that maybe rostered list. Toronto, as we've heard through the preseason, plans on mixing and matching their front court a little bit. So that's Ananobi, Siakam, Ibaka, and Marcus Gasol. It's effectively four guys for three positions on the floor. 
That's most of your small forward, power forward, and center minutes right there with a smattering uh, of, you know, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson once he's healthy and actually trying. Stanley Johnson, same deal. They both basically got benched in the preseason for not trying hard enough. There will obviously be some other minutes that get tossed around there. But I think you're going to see a little bit of uh, different breakdowns depending on the team they're playing. So tonight, with no Zion, you might see the Raptors go a little bit smaller. You might see more, say, Ananobi at power forward and a little bit less of Serge Ibaka, perhaps. So maybe on a game like tonight where the Pels are running out a center and then probably relatively small, you might see Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka largely split the center minutes so maybe Marcus Gasol gets like 26 of them, Ibaka gets the other 22, and then maybe Serge plays, you know, a handful at the power forward spot. Maybe like four minutes at power forward, but that's mostly Siakam and Ananobi. And so then maybe those guys slide down towards the three. You might see some smaller guys playing minutes uh, at the three as well. So these are things you can kind of keep an eye on. But again, we might have a pretty good idea when we see the starting lineup and when we get to halftime. Are both Gasol and Ibaka starting in this game tonight? Something to watch. Is it Siakam, Ibaka, Gasol? Or is it Ananobi, Siakam, Gasol? And Ibaka's coming off the bench. Those are a couple things that could happen. Does this freak you out? It might freak out an Ibaka owner, who didn't spend very much, admittedly, probably like an 8th or ninth round pick on the dude, but... If you find out he's not starting and he only plays 12 minutes in the first half, you could buy him for nothing, or you could just wait and see if some dude drops him. That's not going to be the case every night. He's going to get his minutes. He'll be fine. He's not going to be a star, but he's a guy I would definitely want on my team, especially if I could have him for free. Ibaka, 8th, ninth round guy, over whoever I took in the 15th? Absolutely. So keep an eye on this type of stuff. What is the dynamic between Lowry and Van Fleet? How did they overlap with the point guard shooting guard minutes? Something to watch. Again, I don't think we're making any pickups or drops at halftime of this opening game. Now, that might not actually be the case with the Lakers and Clippers. There might be some stuff we do a little more quickly in that ballgame. Uh, but in general here on opening night and for teams opening games, we just want to be ready. We want to know what we're watching for. How many minutes is my key number? Not performance in those minutes. How many minutes? We know what guys do when they're on the floor. We need to know how long they're going to be on the floor. Opportunity is the key as we assess things here, this first little stretch. And then why? Is somebody out? Is that creating a vacuum that builds an opportunity for someone? So how many minutes is Marcus Gasol playing in the first half? Siakam... Uh, not too worried about him. Lowry, not too worried about him. How many minutes is Ibaka getting? How many minutes is Van Fleet getting? What is Norman Powell doing off the bench? He's not my favorite fantasy guy. He hasn't shown the ability to do a ton beyond scoring, but maybe with more opportunity. So watch the minutes played. I mean, that's really... I, I thought maybe there was more to that sentence, but then I said it and thought, no, that's probably it. Um, the evening game, Lakers and Clippers. Tons of question marks in this one. I think we're all pretty excited to watch this game. For me, I'm watching to see who is the other for the Lakers. Because Kyle Kuzma, not playing in this one, as far as I know, unless something changes dramatically here after we release this podcast. Obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis are locked in. Is JaVale McGee our starting center with the Lakers? How many minutes is he going to see in the first half? 10? I'd be satisfied with 10. What is Dwight Howard going to do if you're in a points league? Avery Bradley, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Danny Green, Quinn Cook, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo. What the hell are all of these guys doing? Is it massive timeshare everywhere? Hope not. I hope we see Danny Green playing 30-something minutes a game. I'd be thrilled if we saw one of the other guys actually push out in front of the pack. And I frankly don't care who it is. If anyone else on the Lakers manages to inch their way towards 30 minutes, you probably just tuck them at the end of your roster. They're not going to be asked to score all that much, but you know me, guys. I don't care that much about scoring. 
Get somebody out there with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they're going to be looking at open looks all damn day. Throwing some defensive stats, and you got yourself a player worth having. A nine cat, at least. Maybe not eight. For the Clippers, uh, obviously no Paul George for a few weeks here. Kawhi Leonard will play in the opener. And so then how do the pieces fall around him? Is Ivica Zubats going to have to do anything? I'm not that excited by him. What's Pat Beverly's role? Landry Shamit. How do Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell look off the bench? Someone's going to have to score besides Kawhi Leonard. So I would expect Lou Williams to put up pretty big scoring numbers. Not much else, as per usual. Uh, and that'll decrease, certainly, when that team is fully healthy again. This would be, by the way, an opportunity to sell high on Lou if he has a couple of really good games to start the year. Not going to get into the specifics with Game 2 the way we did with Game 1. We, you know, this is not, we're not going to go that in-depth every single day. The point of what we're talking about now, which I realize is a very dry segment of an opening day podcast, but you know what? You guys signed up for this, so you're stuck now, is know what you're looking for before it happens. Know what you're looking for before it happens. Who on the Lakers' backcourt is actually going to see the minutes? Look for that. Who's going to score on the Clippers besides Kawhi Leonard? How did the minutes shake out for that L.A. team? Like we said with New Orleans and Toronto, who's playing how many minutes? Even by halftime, we can get an idea of how things are shaken out. We also looked a, uh, like to look at a little bit of the gambling stuff related to these ball games. Um, I happen to like the uh, Raptors and the under in the opening game. I haven't talked a ton about correlated parlays on this podcast, but I guess we could segue into that quickly right now. Correlated parlays are basically when you think if one thing happens, the other thing would have to happen as well. If Toronto covers this game, the total, by the way, was 231 last night. It's down to 229.5 now. If Toronto covers this game, you have to assume it's because New Orleans' offense is disjointed and weird. Toronto's a good defensive team. There's a ring ceremony. Everybody's going to be out of sorts. And it's opening night where you see a lot of clanks early in the ball game. Meanwhile, if you think the Pelicans are going to cover, you probably think it's because they're going to get up and down the court, not play a ton of defense, and they're just going to sort of hang in there. So I think if you like Toronto, you probably like the under, and if you like the Pels, you probably like the over. I happen to like the under and Toronto as I'm looking at these games. These are not, by the way, official anything on the podcast. We just like to give ideas as you're looking at some of the betting lines as gambling now becomes legal, and we can all do more of it. Thank goodness for that. Game Time Premium is another way you can get some goodies like that. Game Time Premium is available over at hoop-ball.com. That is the full season premium membership. It's called Game Time this year. You get six weekly live shows where you can interact with HoopBall's analysts, ask them questions about your team. You can propose trades and see which side they like. It's incredible. You get access the best access, I think, in the entire industry to HoopBall analysts because of these live shows. You have daily premium articles. You have schedule grids. You have streaming charts. You have all sorts of wonderful tools for Game Time Premium. And in honor of opening night and in honor of Game Time Premium becoming now in the forefront, it's a coupon in honor of also Dr. A being on the podcast. The coupon today is DOC, D-O-C, DOC, the coupon. Go get Game Time Premium with the coupon code DOC. You'll be happy you did. It's the entire season. This is how you take your drafted team and make sure it stays at the top of your league all season long. If you have any questions, you can bug me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. Again, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. It's just... Again, this is one of those things that powers the locomotive. You've got the weekly lineup show with Aaron Bruski. Yeah, he's going to tell you to start in your weekly leagues. Uh, the nightly live shows, the waiver wire show on Sunday with Ethan Noroff and Eric Ong. Pickups of the night, the layup line, which has pregame strategies, uh, betting information, DFS information from the great Micah Patria, the weekly report, depth charts, start-sit tools, rankings, projections, dynasty info, all of this stuff is in Game Time Premium. So go check that out right now at HoopBall, hoop-ball.com, or again, follow us on Twitter, and we can send you the links over there. 
Coupon code is DOC. D-O-C. Use it now. I'm sure there's something else I'm forgetting, but frankly, today I don't care because it's opening damn night. If I forget something on opening night, I'll just talk about it the next one. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. Just a few hours away from actual NBA games that matter, folks. I hope that this was somehow enlightening, even though it was a little bit, I admit, kind of a boring topic, but I really, really, really think it's important. Watch the games with plans in mind. Don't react. Don't be the last one. Watch the games. Understand what you're looking for, and you can make your moves before the other people in your league and make the right moves before the other people in your league. Thanks again to Steve Alexander at Dr. A, D-O-C-K-T-O-R-A on Twitter. Again, once uh, more, I'm at Dan Baspers. By the way, still recruiting over here. We will be doing this basically in perpetuity because we want the best of the best of the best. So hit me up at Dan Baspers on Twitter. If you want to get involved with us here at Hoopball, we're looking for everybody. If you think you can do anything related to fantasy basketball or marketing or graphics or audio or whatever, we're looking for you. Come be a contributor here at Hoopball. It's not something that you can just do for a couple minutes a day. We want people that really want to help grow this thing. So if you're serious about it, again, bug me. If you don't have social media, go to hoop-ball.com. Open up a free account. You can post something in the forums there. I see all of those articles as well. Have a wonderful Tuesday night, everybody. Enjoy opening night. Tip, as I record the show, just six hours away. Woof. Can't wait. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.